and we go straight into the mind because we live in such a world of, you know, the trust the mind, trust the logic. But sometimes there is no logic. Sometimes you just know, you just know in your being and there's no way to justify that. And the more that you try to justify it, the less like, it, the less hold it has. Hello, hello, it's me, Isabel Restrepo, and you're listening to the Mentor Your Mind podcast. Our mind can run around in circles to give meaning, make decisions, and navigate life's stressors. In this podcast, we view the world through the lens of human design, mindfulness, and other modalities to, well, mentor your mind and go from chaos to clarity. Like the song says, free your mind and the rest will follow. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. As we kick off this new format for the Mentor Your Mind podcast, I'm really excited about today's episode, which is all about human design. And if you've read the title of this episode, it's called Your Mind is Not Designed for Decision Making. So what does that even mean? We have been living in a society where it's like we have to weigh out all the options. We have to look at the pros and the cons. We have to look at all of these things. And we're taught that, yeah, of course, you your mind is going to be the one to help you come up with that ultimate decision that you take. And so I want you to forget all of that because my belief is that we are not designed to make decisions from the mind. And it's not just me, there's a whole system that outlines this and that's human design. So before we dive into your decision making process, I want to take a few steps back and introduce you or reintroduce you if you're already familiar with it to human design and what, you know, what is it? What are all these elements? What, how can I use that in my life? And that was one of the things that I actually heard about human design uh, when I first heard about it on a podcast and I was like, whoa, 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 hold the phone. What is this? I looked at my type. So if you don't know your type, you can go to mybodygraph.com. You put in your birth information and it'll shoot out this image and information about your type. And so before we dive into the specifics of all of that, let me rewind again (laughs) and kind of define human design. So what is human design? I like to look at human design as this blueprint or this user manual of how we're meant to use our energy and the magic that we possess. It really shows you how you're designed to make decisions, process emotions, and so much more. And I like to use it as a tool so that it can be, life can just be a little bit easier. And where did human design come from? So it is a channeled system, this guy named Ra'uruhu channeled the system, but really I, well, that whole story is like controversial and whatever, but essentially it is this combination of the Hindu chakras, the Chinese teaching, conventional astrology, the Kabbalistic, Kabbalistic tree of life. Why can't I say that word right now? But you know what? We're going with it. And then of course, as we look a little bit deeper, the mix of how the energy is designed will differ for each individual based on their chart. So yes, this guy channeled the system, but really it's a synthesis of all these really 
uh, ancient ways of working and seeing the world across different cultures. And that's the part that really gets me. I'm like, okay, I, I can get behind that. And so, you know, as I mentioned, like, what happened? Like you pull up your human design, you can look at, I mentioned my body graph, you can also go to geneticmatrix.com or jovianarchive.com. And then it'll tell you, you know, all this information that comes up. And I feel like it'll either be twofold, it'll either be like, oh my gosh, what the heck is this? This is too overwhelming. And then you like forget about it and don't look at it. And then maybe you'll like go back into it and like, oh yeah, that one thing that someone said, or it'll totally just like suck you in and you go down the rabbit hole. And that's kind of what happened with me. Well, not kind of, that is what happened with me. I remember I was listening to this podcast when I first heard about human design. You know, I look at my uh, type and it says I'm a projector. And all of a sudden it's like, this is the language that you know, it puts into words all of these things that I've felt, that I've thought. It's like a mirror with words about what is seen. And that's what I, that's one of the things I love about uh, human design and using the system is that it really puts into words things that I couldn't, it's like, it's like my, you know, it's at the tip of my tongue or like, I just can't fully describe it. But then in a reading, whether I'm giving a reading to someone or I'm receiving one, it's like that aha moment of like, oh my gosh, yes, that's so me. How do you know you get it? And that's one of my favorite things. So there are four human design types and each type will work differently, but they all work together. So it's not like, oh my gosh, you're this type that's so much better than the other one. No, no, no. They're all working together. And that's really, you know, how humans are meant to interact. I really, I really believe that. So we have manifestors, generators, projectors, and reflectors. And as I mentioned, I'm a projector, but each type is is really different. It operates really differently. And as th- at the beginning of this episode, when I mentioned that, you know, our our mind is not designed to make decisions well, then what is, you know, how do we work with that? And that's going to also depend on what type you are. And so as I go along and mention, which I'll go through each of the types and how we're designed and um, how your decision making processes, you know, and my, my, my mind is going like, 30 million miles a minute, because I have all of these things that I want to say, and I can only speak them so fast, (laughs) but I'm going to share some terms to know. So there's the defined, undefined, which really means that if you have a center defined, that means that you have consistent energy in your design. If it's undefined or like not colored in, if you look at the graph, it's like the, the white space, that means it's undefined and that's how you take in different flavors of different people. Then the not self, which is the open spaces in our chart are referred to as the source of our not self, simply because they are energetically inconsistent and unreliable. And so I also think of the not self of like, you can have that center defined and you can be in the not self or the lower frequency or the high frequency, which is, you know, your self that you're going into. And I also don't like to think of like, oh, you're in the not self. How bad? Like, no, no, no. Life is all about being in 
situations where you're in the not self, it's like, how do I react to that? And so it's just a benchmark of like, oh, I'm just using my energy in the wrong way. Or, oh, hey, there's a lesson for me to to learn here. What? How can I take that and work with it? And then we have the strategy, which is the way that the world communicates with your specific type. Your signature is what drives you. And then your authority is how you're designed to make this decision. So if you take anything away from human design, it's like your strategy and your authority. So again, the strategy is how you're designed to communicate with the world and then your authority is how to make decisions. So it always comes back to strategy and authority, strategy strategy and authority. And of course, the nuance of that is going to look so different for each person based on their specific design. So for example, for me, I have six of the nine centers defined. That's a lot of energy for a projector. Projectors can have anything from two centers defined only and as long as it's not the sacral center. So again, the the way that this system works is it's like, okay, if this is filled in or defined or not defined, then that will influence this and this will build onto this. And there's like a logical explanation for everything. And I think that's also what my, my brain just works that way. So I was able to, you know, it's like, oh yeah, this just, yeah, that makes sense. Of course, let's get it. Let's go. Okay, so let's let's talk about the manifestors. So the manifestors are really here to spark change in the world around them. You're here to initiate in a way that's authentically theirs. And so some people may initiate in one way and someone else may initiate in another if they're both manifestors, of course, duh. (laughs) But in a way that's really them. And that can look, when I say initiate, it's not like you're always taking charge and leading and like, let's go this way. It's more of like, hey, I'm going to inform. I'm going to let you know that I'm going upstairs. You might be downstairs and I'm informing you. I'm initiating my change in into a different room. And so it's, the way that you go about is really um, the strategy is informing. And so by you informing, you kind of initiate things around you. It might not be so direct. Sometimes I think when we think about manifestors, it's like, you know, I'm here to inform, I'm here to initiate, I'm here to do all these things. But it's really just like, let people know what you're up to. And that in a way is initiating things way more than you know, way more than you know. Some of my favorite teachers are manifestors and I'm like, you don't even know, like you don't even see the change that you can, you know, the impact that you can have on somebody to change simply by you sharing what it is that you're up to informing the world around you. And so they, the way that their energy works, their aura is closed and repelling. And so it's like, you either love them or hating, hate them. But manifestors aren't here to be for everybody. And that's part of their aura in action. It's like, not everyone loves ice cream, me included. (laughs) And I love to give that example because people are like, what? How can you not like ice cream? But no, I, I don't really love ice cream. Once in a while, I'll be like, yeah, I'll go have a cone. But then it's like frozen yogurt. Uh, but like the dairy ice cream, that's just not my jam. And so just think of like, if you're a manifester and you're like, oh my gosh, I have a closing and repelling aura. What does that even mean? It's like your ice cream and some people just don't love it. And that's okay. Not everyone's meant to eat ice cream. There's like no emotion behind that. So if you're listening, if you're a manifester, all good. That is your energy working for you in 
in a way that works for you. So again, your not self theme. So this is again, the not self. I love viewing it as like an indicator of like, okay, wait, something's off. What is it? Is it my boundaries? Is it the situation? Is it the person? You know, I'd like to look as an odd self of like, oh, it's just an indicator of like, what do I need to change here? And for manifestors, this is anger. So you're really driven to keep things at peace. Like, you know, peace is your jam. So if you're feeling that anger come up, it's like, okay, what needs to change? This is the not self. And then as I mentioned, your strategy is to inform. You're, if you're a manifestor, you're always going to have an undefined sacral, which is that little square up from the bottom, the second second square up from the bottom that's always undefined and then you have a motor connected to the throat which just means that what of the other energy centers which are considered motors they're going to be defined they're going to be yeah connected to the throat so I think I mentioned earlier of like this is a logical system that if you have this then this happens then this happens so that's what this is one of the examples so if you have a motor defined and now I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm diving way deeper than I thought, but let's just go with it. So def- the motors are your ego, your spleen, your root, and your sacral. And if you have no idea what that means, don't worry, all good. Just know that like, if you're a manifester, that means that you have direct access and energy to your throat consistently. So that's why it's really important for you to inform, use your voice, share, and using your voice can look through like art actually using your voice. It can look like uh, written, all different forms of communication, but you're really informing along the way. And so those are the manifestors. So think about that. If you are a manifestor who is designed to inform, there's so many different ways that you are going to be designed to make decisions. And we'll dive into what that is a little bit later, because I'm really excited. And I'm like getting so pumped. I'm like, I feel like a little kid be like, let me tell you about all these things I learned at school today, but we're going to go with it. I haven't had this much energy in a long time. All of a sudden, I just got this like burst of energy. So we're going to run with it. Okay. Then we have generators, which is a large percentage of the population. This is like 70% of the population. You are here to bring life force energy you're here to know and embody your truth and light you're going to he- you're really here to do the things that you love and so what i love about the generator that it's really like um when i think about the generator it's 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 a very visceral like it's very body it's a very human it's work and pleasure go hand in hand you have this way about you that's like i'm going to love what i do and i'm going to show the world and it's going to be so good so uh, JLo is actually a generator. Oh, she might be a manifesting generator, but either way, they're both like whether you're a manifesting generator or a generator, you're still this this underlying energy is still to embody your truth and light, do the things that you love, and share it with others. And if you think about JLo, it's like people want to know what she's up to. It's like she is just doing this and this and this and like perfumes and performances and movies. And I think she has like a drink now that's like non-alcoholic. It's like, what is this woman up to? But people, people love to watch her because she's, she's doing the things that she loves. She's bringing that life force energy to the rest of the world. So 
generators and manifesting generators, you have a really open and enveloping aura. So it's like you're calling things into you so that you can respond to things. That could be a text, that could be an invitation to marry somebody, that could be a new job. That could look like so many different things, but you have this like, I like to think of it as like this really like big, warm hug energy. So this is the aura that you're working with. That's how you call in things into your life, into your orbit. And the way that you are meant to use that is to respond to things. So you're going on a walk, you see a cute dog, you bend down, you pet them. It's like you're always responding to the things around you. And you're really driven by satisfaction. Is that thing going to be satisfying? Is that meal going to be satisfying? Is that outing going to be satisfying? And and that's what drives you. And so the thing with you is that uh, as opposed to the manifester, you're always going to have a defined sacral. And what sets generators and manifesting generators apart is that if that motor is connected to the throat. So Think about having consistent access to life force energy, that sacral center, that like, hey, I'm here, let's work in a pleasurable way, in a satisfying way. I I really think about this as the human experience of like, let me eat, let me feel, let me touch, let me see, let me taste all of the senses. I just, ooh, I get all like, yeah, like how juicy, how fun. So this is this is about 70% of the population. Then we have projectors, which is about 20%. And that's me. Whoop, whoop. I'm one of the projectors. Shout out to the projectors out there. And the thing about us is that we're really here to see deeply and understand other people. We're here to deeply see the other. And, and we're a natural guide to teach, not necessarily do so we're here to guide the energy so when we think of like it's like what does that even mean what does that look like like think of a really good manager that you've had where it's like they understood you they saw you they were like giving you guidance on how to best do your work that's kind of a projector it's like okay i see you i understand you let's find ways that you can work best and not just people too it can be a system it can be like i really see that like if we do X, Y, Z, it's not going to be as effective, but if we do Z, Y, X, that's actually going to be, you know, and like whatever nuance of that is. So they have a really focused and absorbing aura. It's like they will see into your soul. <laughs> okay, that's a little bit dramatic, but still <laughs> they're going to peer into your soul and not everyone's prepared for that. And so that's why if you're a projector, you have to wait for that invitation. So you have to wait to be seen and recognized and be invited to like, yeah, give me that guidance. Otherwise, it's going to fall flat. It's like, let's picture a cup of tea that's already full. And if you're a projector and you're trying to, you know, fill it with more tea, it's like, whoa, whoa, wait, like there's no room for me to receive that. So you have to wait for that invitation. So it's like someone has uh, like room in their cup, then they're like, yeah, I see you. I recognize you. Give me some of that tea. And that could be gossip too. Hey, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my God, you guys, this is hilarious. I am on a whole other jam right now. I'm like jamming out over here. I'm wailing my arms, making silly jokes, but I hope that you're still with me because I'm having so much fun. Okay. And so, yeah, so you really have to wait for that invitation. You have to wait to be seen and recognized so you can go 
give them, see them, fill them up with the gushiness that you see them with and guide them into whatever that may be. And so sometimes it might feel like, oh my gosh, I'm waiting for the invitation. Like, what does that even mean? Like, I have to wait to do something. No, not necessarily. You can like go do all the things. But if you're trying to give advice to somebody, you really have to wait for that invitation. Otherwise, it is they, they are not going to listen to you. And trust me, I know this from personal experience. I know this from people in my life who are projectors that don't necessarily practice this. And it's like, oh my gosh, I love you so much. But no, this is not you're wasting your energy. Like, please don't tell me what to do because that's going to come off that way too. It's like, don't tell me what to do. It's like, no, but I see you so clearly. But, you know, maybe they need to, while you can see it so clearly, they might need to go through that tough thing, whatever it is that they're going through. So projectors out there, wait for that invitation. You're really driven by success. So signature, that's your signature. It's like, am I going to be successful in that thing if I do that thing? And you get to define what success means for you. For a long time for me, success was like, I have a really great job at like a really known company and all of this. And now success to me looks like, do I, am I loving what I'm doing? Am I, is my heart really in it? So, you know, success can look like so many different things. Success, oh yes, this is like, recently it's been like, can I, instead of when I get activated or triggered, can I respond in a loving way versus the ways that I've been conditioned to respond? And if I'm able to respond in a loving way, in a different way, while still being true to myself and while still problem solving, then that is success to me. Yes, yes. Okay, so you get to define what success looks like for you. The thing about projectors is that they have an undefined sacral. So similar to the manifestors where they don't have access that consistent access to like work and let's do it. And yes, I can recharge my battery. No, no, no. You you don't you don't have this. It's undefined. It's inconsistent. But that's okay. And the thing with you that no the motor is not directly connected to the throat. So no motor connected to the throat. And that's what makes you a projector. All right. So keep let's keep going. Cause I'm excited to talk about how does this influence your decision making process. Again, your mind is not designed to do any of those things. So these centers, these these ways of being, these ways of energy working, it's like, whoa, to think about that, not just me, but the people around me, the people I work with, the people I'm in relationship with. I just think that it it's really fascinating to think about all of those differences and keep it in mind when we're navigating the world and talking and doing projects. It just, oh, I love it so much. So good. So, so good. Okay. Then we have reflectors, which is like, 1.45%, 2% of the population. And they have all the open centers. All of their centers are open. So they're really open and receptive. They're really here to read the community and offer their wisdom. They have a sampling aura. So they're really going to be, it's like if they're around generators, they're they're going to sample that aura of being a generator or a manifester or projector. And it's really um I don't know, it's like really chameleon. Like I really, I really love the reflectors, but what can be kind of overwhelming, it's like, if you don't know your reflector, it's like, oh my gosh, like what is me? What is the other person? How come it changes so much? So it's really important and, and like vital to really be aware of, 
oh, I'm just sampling things. Like some of this isn't mine. Like I'm just here to sample. And it's like, uh, what is the word? Like um, a pan, like a nonstick pan. If you're cooking and like, it's like, if you just like flip it over, it's like, it just like falls off. That's what your energy is meant to be like it's like let me just sample it but nothing actually gets stuck to the pan because you're the pan and nothing gets stuck there and if it does get stuck it's like oh wait okay this is this is the not self coming in and this is where disappointment can come in it's like you know that thing or that project or that person like i'm disappointed in the outcomes it's like oh wait a second what is it teaching me am i have i you know stuck on to whatever that is versus sample and that's just an indicator. Again, it's we're using all these things as tools, as ways to to view the world in a different way. So your strategy is to wait a lunar cycle. And I think for the rest of us, like, what? What do you mean? Wait a lunar cycle? 28 days? What? That's a long time. But the moon has so many different phases. And if you are someone that menstruates, think about it. Your cycle from the moment you menstruate, from the moment you ovulate. There's so many different phases within that cycle that it's not like, oh my gosh, I have to wait. It's like, oh, I get to play in in how all these different uh, cycles work within a day, within the month. I find it super fascinating and also like a lesson of like, calm down. We don't need to be in this run, 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 go, go, go phase. We can simply be in, in the flow of life in a different way. So you're really driven by surprise. So it's like, is the thing that I'm doing as a person that I'm with, is there going to be that element of surprise? And I find that to be so playful and like fun and kind of childlike, like think about a surprise birthday or, you know, I've been joking because I'm, I've kind of had some unfortunate surprises this past month, but when we think about surprises in a fun way, it's like, oh yeah, like how playful, how fun. So if you're experiencing, if you're not experiencing a lot of surprise, it's like, how can you bring that into your day to day? Like take a different road to work or go to a different coffee shop, bring that element of surprise in you. And as I mentioned at the beginning, online centers are undefined. And so when we go into authority, which is decision making, this is where it starts to get fun. And of course, like it'll be different and nuanced depending on your specific setup of your uh, defined and undefined centers. But we'll kind of go through these uh, one by one, these different types of decision making processes. So you have an emotional authority. That means that you're really here to ride the wave. It's like of emotion. So let's say that you have, you know, someone just asks you like, do you want to take on this job? And you're on the high wave of emotion. That means that you're like, yes, like how fun, like I'm feeling good. Yeah, let's take that job. And you answer right away without writing out the wave. And I don't know, maybe like five hours later, you're coming down from that wave and it's like, oh, wait a second. I really didn't think that through. Like, are the benefits there? What about the pay? What's my commute like? And and you answered before you were able to ride out that wave. It's really a disservice to you if you're if you are making decisions quickly. You're not really designed to do that. I love using this example. It's like if you take a picture of a flower at nine in the morning from your kitchen table, 
you know, let's say you have a little flower on the kitchen table and you take, you know, just that click and that's it. You're missing out on so much more information. Think about what that flower looks like at sunset or at night when the lights are out and the moon is, you know, shining bright and there's an, you know, a, a glowing element to it or right away when the when the sun starts to come out or you're looking at from top to bottom or from the side or from underneath the table you know there's so many different elements and so what you're really here to do is to take all of those different pictures of that flower and then make a decision and then you're able to describe that flower it's like you need to look at it from all these different angles and and you know i mentioned the waves it's not like oh being on the high on the yeah on the high part of the wave it's good and the low part of the wave is bad no it's just all of these different elements that can help you reach that decision and the thing is though that you're never going to get to 100 percent. and i'm sorry i know you want to i know i know but it's okay you're not meant to it's like is a 60% yes or no good, then really trust that. It's it's the allowing your time yourself to take that time to make that decision that makes all the difference. And so it's not about going into the mind and thinking about all the different options. It's letting your body ride out that emotional wave, letting your body ride out the highs and the lows and and being kind of in the ocean of emotion and allowing yourself to feel all of the things that you feel and then making a decision because your feelings are valid. You're really here to teach us that like, hey, it's okay to feel a type of way about something and that type of way can change depending on the moment that you're interacting with that decision. I I love that. Like, I love that for you. We love that for you. <laughs> Then we have sacral authority. So if you have your sacral center defined, so if you're a generator or a manifesting generator, then you might have sacral authority. And this is all about when it's like, oh, I can feel it in my gut. That is what this decision-making process is like. So if you are sacral authority, you you don't have to ride the wave of emotions, although because the center is open, you might be influenced by that. But that's a whole other thing, which we'll get into in a reading. <laughs> but the sacred authority is that really that gut feeling. And also, I want to highlight that your gut, like if you're a generator, your gut may look different than someone else's gut feeling. And so it's really tuning into your body and noticing what your specific energy is like in your body because it's it's coming from the sacral. It's either yes or no. It's kind of that like, mm, but like it, it's what people refer to as like, I just, I just feel it in my gut. But you get to define what that feeling in your gut feels like or looks like or whatever that may be. And it's really in the moment. It's very like your body's leaning towards it or you're either like, Mm -mm. like your 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 throat to like you're you're making noises or you're either leaning towards it or you're not it's really again when we think of generators or when i when i think of generators and manifesting generators it's really that body that body like yes or that body no that body experience so if you're a generator and this doesn't this doesn't resonate 
I, I invite you to ask yourself, like, is my energy in my body? Have I have I steered away from feeling safe in my body? And if you have, that's okay. That's, that's okay. That's part of life. Like, how can you bring that energy back? And I mean, this goes beyond human design, but you know, it's a lot of somatic and, and grounding work, which I'm sure at one point we will dive into in another, in another episode. So it's really, okay, how can I get back into my body? How can I trust that sacral? How can I trust that gut feeling in the moment? It'll be like, mm, yes, or mm, no. And if it's a, mm, then maybe you just need more information. I think there's this, well, I there's a saying out there that's like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And I don't fully agree with that. It's like, if it's not a hell yes, then maybe I just need information before I can say no, or I can say yes. It's like, I just need some more points of data here. Okay, then we have splenic authority, which is whoop, whoop, mine, whoop, whoop. I'm just kidding. I mean, it is my, <laughs> I am splenic authority, but you know, they're all good. I'm obviously biased because that one's mine. Um, but splenic authority is very much in the moment. It's it's described as like a whisper, yes or no, in the moment and the quietest one. And you have to be really aware and listen. And yes, I, well, maybe I'm just, I've gotten really used to and like trusting that my splenic authority is telling me what it needs to. But I mean, there have been moments where it has told me more than once, more than just in the moment, very loudly, and I haven't paid attention. It's like, no, whatever, I'll just keep going. And in one of the earlier podcasts, the when it was your Latina mentor, I remember, I, I think I shared the story, but I'll share it again to refresh or uh, reintroduce you or introduce you if this is the first time you're hearing this. But I remember I was living in LA and I was at work. I had ordered a package for a secret Santa gift and I got notification that, you know, they tried to deliver the package, but they couldn't leave it in the doorstep. So then I, so then they had it at the United Postal Office, uh, USPS office. And so then I, you know, left work a little bit early to go get the package to pick it up because, you know, Secret Santa was like the next day or something like that. And so then there was like this little voice that was like, don't go pick it up. And I was like, what do you mean? Don't go pick it up. Like I have to go pick up the package. Like it's there. And I ignored it. So this was my splenic authority being like, no, don't do that. And, but I was like, you know what? That's really weird. Like, here we go. My mind went into decision-making and it was like, nope, I'm not going to listen to my spleen. I'm going to think about this logically with my mind and I'm going to go to the uh, post office. So then I get to the post office and then they're like, oh no, that portion of the post office closes at five or four or whatever it was. It was an hour earlier than the other, I guess, like the rest of the post office. And I was like, what the heck? So then I get in the car. I'm like, well, that was dumb. Again, totally ignoring my spleen because my mind was like, no, you got to go get the package. What do you mean? That's where it is. Okay. So I was like, all right, let's go. So then it was like, go home. And I was like, no, I can't go home. I need to go get some cash from, you know, the bank, blah, blah, blah. And I ignored it. I was like, no, I'm not going to go home. I need to like go finish running errands. So then at the stoplight, I remember I was turning left and then I, it was like, oh my gosh, it was like two seconds more and I would have gotten hit. 
but I ignored it. I was like, I didn't go home. I was like, oh my gosh, that was really scary, whatever. So then I get to the bank, I park at the bank, and I remember I see this car in the parking lot that's like on the other side, like across from me, and there's some people in there, someone gets out, and it, it seems like they're like smoking and listening to music, and the one guy gets out, and there's other people still in the car, and I was like, okay, whatever. So I get to the bank, I'm, for some reason... I don't know what I had to do, but I had, I couldn't just use the ATM. I had to like go use the teller and then, you know, they're like helping me, blah, blah, blah. And then the guy that was, that had gotten out of the car, he's behind me in line. And then they're like, oh, this, you know, this, this check isn't, you know, working or whatever. And he's like getting upset. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on there, but like, I'm done with my transaction. So then I start walking out. And as I'm walking out, two policemen are walking in because there seems to be a problem with the guy's check. It's like a fake check, or I don't know what it is. And the policemen are coming in, but it like hasn't even clicked yet for me. I'm just like, oh, weird. Okay, the police are coming. So then I get to the car, and then all of a sudden, it's just like a bunch of police cars and a bunch of police men, like, with their guns pointed at the car being like, roll down the window, get out of the car. And I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? Like, what is going on? I'm freaked out. I don't want to like be in the middle of whatever the heck this is. I'm trying to like reverse and get out as like more cop cars are coming into the parking lot. Finally, like, I'm like, please like help me get out of here. They, they like open a space for me to get out. And then I go home and of course, I get home and guess what's on the front or like guess what's in my mailbox or the front porch, not front porch, but I was living in an apartment in Los Angeles at the time. So like behind the gate, so like the little entrance and I was like, no way. The book is here. My spleen knew all along. I was like, don't go to the post office. Don't go to the bank. Just go home. And of course, sure enough, the book is there. I could have like avoided all of that time driving, <laughs> that like scary scenario at the bank. But I didn't listen because my mind took over. And that's okay because now I know and I can tell that story because it's so dramatic <laughs> and fun. But the spleen, what I'm saying is the spleen, although it may be quiet and if you listen to it and trust it enough, it will be loud. Like mine, like in that story, it was like, hey, go home. Don't do that. But I, I ignored it because again, my mind took over and I was like, okay, my mind cannot be trusted for decision making. My mind can be trusted for a lot of other things, but not decision making. Okay, so let's move on. That was a really long explanation of the splenic authority, but because it's my own personal experience, I feel like I could speak to it the most because hello, personal experience. Okay, then we have the ego manifested authority. So that's really, okay, is is this really coming from my heart? Is this really me? Is my heart really in it? Ego projected authority as well. Like, is my heart really in it? And I love the ego center because it's all about, is my heart really in it? I mean, how many times can I say that? But it's like, if if you're not, if you're not fully in it, like that's not, that's not going to drive you. That's not going to do anything for you. So when we look at this, these ego manifested and the ego projected authority, I love to view it from that lens because it can really provide that perspective instead of like, well, I should do it because my parents or because my partner or because society. It's like, no, no, no. Let's get real here. What does that really look like? 
The difference between these two is that the ego projected authority, you really have to be invited in. And then is your, will your willpower kind of drive you into that invitation? Then you have the self-projected authority, which really is all about voicing it. And as you hear yourself talk it out and kind of like digest the words, you'll be able to notice what is that energy that you're putting into words. It's going to give you that direction and clarity and a practice that you can do if it's like, oh, like, I don't know, I, I want to talk it out with someone, but I don't want to be influenced by their reaction. It's, and I guess like if you do have that person that's like just holding the space to listen to you, then yes, share with them. But if you don't have someone like that, then hello, a voice note on your phone is so, so good. It can really just give you that space so that you can hear yourself talk it out and then uh and then that will kind of inform your decision then we have mental authority which i guess is the only one that you could technically say that your mind is going to be the one making the decision but not really it's really all about observing observe the world around you look for these different clues and you're really going to lead with your point of view versus the shoulds it's really this this type of authority it's all about ideas and thoughts and yes you can make these logical decisions but it's not so much of like, okay, well, you know, these are all the things, this is, you know, these are all the options. I'm going to think about it from all these different perspectives. It's like, no, no, I'm going to observe, observe the world around me, look for these clues, and that point of view will drive my decision. And then you have reflectors, which are the lunar beings. As I mentioned, they're really driven by the lunar cycle. And so, you allow the world to give you the answer in the next 28 days. You go through many cycles as each month, as I mentioned. Uh, there's a theme, a lesson, an opening and a closing. And yes, well, this is true for everyone because we all go through the 28 day cycles of the moon, but for them, it's really not instantaneous big decisions. It's more like, let me take my time. Let me see how this is going to pan out. This is, uh, you know, all of these different elements where it's not like, okay, I have to make a decision now. And not to say like, obviously, you're going to have to make decisions in the moment. But if you can, you know, what does it what does it feel like on a on a new moon? What does that decision feel like on a full moon? And really taking the time and allowing the world to give you the answer within those 28 days, and really play with that. I, I find that to be really, really fascinating and such a lesson to all of us, especially the rest, you know, and again, like reflectors are such a small percentage, but so much to think about, like, well, <laughs> you see, you see what I did there with the mind, think about it, but it really just really gives this whole other perspective on how, how to make decisions and how your mind can really either what if you're listening to me like oh my gosh that sounds like way too long or like oh what a relief that sounds nice to like take your time your mind is the one that's interpreting it right and so with all of this information that i've shared about human design know that there are so many different nuances like let's say that you are our splenic projector with just the spleen and the motor defined that's going to look a lot different on how you listen to that spleen or how you you know, like in, come up with the 
answer, quote unquote, if you have other centers defined. And so just really consider that, that your open centers kind of like quote unquote hijack sometimes the decision making process, your mind being one of them. And I know for me, like, yes, I have a spleen defined Yes, I have all these other centers to find, but sometimes my mind can just go and go around in circles and like, yes, I can think about it this way. I can think about it that way. And there's like a whole, uh, what's the word? Like, um, okay, I can't think of the word right now. So I'm just going to describe what I see in my mind's eye, which is you have one chair with the ego sitting there. Then you have the other chair with your doubt. Then you have optimism because that's always there (laughs) for me. Then you have, you know, like uh, all these different people or all these different voices or thoughts in the chair that are like, well, did you think about it this way? Did you think about it that way? Well, what about this? What about this scenario? Hey, remember back then when you tried that thing and that's what happened? Like, ooh, be careful. Of course, you have fear. You have all of these different things. So when it comes to making a decision, none of those things are going to help you. Like your body will know. Your your decision-making process will know the answer. And so many times we ignore that and we go straight into the mind because we live in such a world of, you know, the trust the mind, trust the logic. But sometimes there is no logic. Sometimes you just know, you just know in your being and there's no way to justify that. And the more that you try to justify it, the less like, it, the less hold it has. So I invite you, if this is all new information to you, I know that I just spoke so fast, a little bit scattered, a lot of information, but just try it out, test it out. Like, okay, let's say that you are a manifester and you are emotional authority and this is way new for you. What if you just tried like experiment, like with your significant other or your family member or I don't know work is a little funky because not everyone's open to this but in whatever scenario that you think might be most beneficial to you at this moment in time to test out that you feel like safe with maybe like a close friend just inform them of like hey you know what I feel really good about this right now but like how about let's talk about tomorrow let's check in in 24 hours and just notice your emotional wave. Notice what happens. Notice what happens in 12 hours. Notice what happens in six hours. Notice what happens at, you know, hour 18. And, and of course, like, I'm using this very loosely. I mean, like, well, I guess like, if you, if you want to go that strict of a way and like check in and put alarm on your phone, like by all means, but I'm more of a, let's just go with the flow a little bit and test it out. Like I invite you to just test it out and see what that feels like and informing about your emotional wave. Oh my goodness. Like that would be really nice. Like I, I, my boyfriend's a projector and he obviously doesn't, his way is not to inform, but I just kind of envision being in a relationship with somebody where they're a manifester, they have an emotional authority. And if they just let me know, like, hey, what's up? This is what's going on right now. But like, let's check in later. Oh my gosh, that sounds so nice. Well, that just sounds nice, even if they're not a manifester, because I like to know what's going on. But I don't know, like test it out. What does that sound like? If you are, if you have splenic authority and you don't know what that you know, it's too quiet right now. You can't really hear it. Test it out. Get quiet. Maybe you just need to meditate 
or move your body or dance it out and then listen and then test it out. What would the experiment of that look like? Or if you're a generator and, you know, connecting with your body has been a little bit funky because you're like, I'm so in my head. How do I even get in my body? Bring that energy down into your sacral center. It's like, okay, let me take, you know, from the top of my head down through the nose, the throat, the chest, down into your belly. What does that sound? What does that feel like? What does your gut say? What does your sacral center feel like? And just experiment with it. That's what it's really all about. It's, you know, human design is called the experiment because you're really meant to play with it. You're meant to trust test out all these things and not necessarily trust what I'm saying. I mean, I I started to say trust it out. Well, yeah, I guess like it is trusting it out. It's like, can I trust that my body knows? Oh my God. Yes. That sounds nice. I like that. But I guess all of that to say is like, take what I say with a grain of salt, because what I say isn't truth with a capital T. It's meant to give you a different perspective to test out these different things, to see what it feels like, to see what works for you. If there's resistance to it, then yes, that is my favorite. That is like, ding, ding, ding. We have something here. We found a pot of gold. It's time to test it out. Okay. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was a really funky song, but hey, I'm here for it. So really experiment with it. Let me know how it goes send me a message. Email me at hello at isabeljrestrepo.com because honestly, this is like my favorite part about human design where it's like, how did you know about me? How did you know that about me? Or like, hey, I tried this thing and it actually felt really good. Or like, hey, I learned to kind of slow down and not put pressure on myself and this happened. Oh, that is like my favorite. And so Keep in mind that there are all these nuances into what your decision-making process can look like. And if you want to dive into it further, this is where a reading can come in. So if you're interested, I offer one-hour human design readings where we go through your chart, your specific way of navigating the world, how you process emotions, how you make decisions, you know, what you have consistent energy to, what you have inconsistent, how you take in the world, you know, those are your undefined centers, what you have inconsistent energy in. And, and, oh, it's so much fun. So if you're interested in that, go to my website, www.ismljrestrepo.com. And you can, you know, book a book a session there. If you have questions, like reach out, I love sharing human design with people. I think this is such a fun system to view the world through. And it just really gives language to things that I was like, oh, like, I know these things about me. I just can't put my, like, I don't know how to fully describe it. But the thing I love about human design is it gives words to what's going on with your energy. It's it's not anything new. It's more of like, oh, yeah, this is what's going on. And like, this is how I can work with it. So, yeah, check it out. Thank you so much for bearing with me. I know that I, I I don't know, I feel a little bit scattered and like, well, I feel so excited. So I hope that you're able to join me on that. And hey, this is just the way that my mind is working right now. Again, mentoring my mind. It's all good. You're here. I'm here. And it feels really good to be back in front of the microphone again. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe so you know when new episodes are being released. And yeah, I will catch you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. 
If you enjoyed the episode and you'd like to support the show, please let me know by leaving a review and sharing it with your friends and family. Be sure to subscribe so you always know when a new episode is released. We'll see you next time. Bye.